Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. He alone is worthy. We welcome everyone tonight to our Wednesday evening Bible study. So glad to have everyone in the house of God tonight to, amen, to worship the Lord tonight. Amen. A beautiful scripture that's been resting on my mind all day, well, not all day, most of the day today, in Psalms 24, verse 1, where it said, um, The hurt is the Lord, and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So while, you know, it's been on my mind, yesterday when we were going through a little drama with the wind and the rain, and, um, you know, I'm looking at um, Zoom, looking through the windows, and I see, actually I was looking at my camera, and I seen the wind tossing the, the gate back and forth. I was like, ooh, it doesn't look too good out there. So, I, you know, I braved it first, went out and um, closed the gate. I said, okay, I think I got it. Came back in, sat down for a few more minutes. And I hear all these banging going on. I was like, ah, ooh. Look back out through. Gate open again. (laughs) It's like, what are you going to do, you know? God is in control. (laughs) So, you know, just let it be. Just sit put, keep myself calm, you know. The weather came, the wind came, it blew what he had to blow down, you know. Thank God, but we made it. We're here tonight. Amen. There's a lot of people that didn't have the privilege today. In fact, um, yep, um, I, I was, um, while I was driving today, and they were saying, you know, we, we get the better part of the weather in spite of the wind and the rain. But down south and the Midwest area that had pounding with snow, it had it real bad down there. You know, you get, there was a lot of, you know, a few casualties down there, so... You know, we, we got to trust God and give God thanks for everything. You know, nothing is promised to us. And each day that God give us breath and strength, that's more than enough for us to give him thanks for his goodness and his mercies and his love. So many times, these few words that I just say, you know, we take it for granted so many times. And we don't realize that if it wasn't for his goodness or his mercy and his love, we wouldn't be here tonight. God called us for such a time as this, and we are here together to praise him and to magnify him, and I thank you all for being here tonight. Amen. We pray that whatever our needs are tonight, the Lord will meet our needs tonight. Amen. He promised he will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, if there is anyone with a prayer request tonight, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. A few hands are raised, and if you can look around. Amen. See the hands that are raising their double hands in the sound booth. Double hands going up, not just one, but double hands. So we all need prayers, you know. So pray for each other. Those that are not here tonight, pray for them. Call them in, in, in our prayers as we pray tonight that the Lord will touch every person that is here tonight. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord and pray tonight as we pray. Father God, we thank you, God, for giving us another privilege, another opportunity, Lord God, to be in your presence one more time. Truly in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. As the scripture said, the hurt is the Lord, and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein, O God. Father God, we thank you for this privilege that you have given unto us, Lord God. Truly, God, you didn't have to let us live, O God, but you're so good to us, Lord God. Father God, as we thank you, Lord, for God, for giving us strength, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for opening our eyes to see, Lord God, for our ears to hear, for the breath of life, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies, and we thank you for your love, O God. 
We thank you for every person that is here tonight, every family that is here tonight, Lord God. Those that raise their hands tonight, whatever the needs are tonight, we are trusting a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think, Lord God. If it's physical, Lord God, I pray you'll touch their body. Oh, God, if it's financially, Lord God, we ask you to open up doors like never before, Lord God. If it's emotionally, Lord God, we ask you, oh God, to be there for them, Lord God, that they will stay in courage, Lord God, knowing that we're serving a God that cares for us, oh God. You came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord God. We pray for those that are not here tonight, Lord God. Those that are on the way, we pray for every person that is here tonight. We pray for a pastor tonight as he come, Lord God, that your anointing will be upon him and that you'll use him, oh God, to minister your words tonight, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you bless this facility like never before. Bless this church, oh God. We thank you for every family, every home, Lord God, that represents in this place tonight, Lord God. We ask you to keep us and guide us. Help us to look to you from whence cometh all our help, oh God. We know our help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth, Lord God. You said the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. You shall preserve our soul even forevermore. Father God, we thank you for keeping us. We thank you, Lord God, for all you have done, what you're about to do tonight. Open our hearts and our minds tonight, Lord God. Help us that as the word go forth with unction and with anointing, oh God, oh God, we're able to receive it, oh God, from an eye tonight, Lord. We love you, Lord God. Continue to bless us and keep us, Lord God. We commit the service in your hand, and we ask you, Lord God, to heal our minds and our body. Keep us and guide us as we continue to worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let's just give the Lord another round of applause. Let's just worship him tonight. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you tonight for your mercy. There is none like you, oh great God. Nobody can compare to you, Lord God. It is you alone that sits on the throne, Lord. Oh God, you're the only true and living God, the only wise God. Oh Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, Lord. Oh bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Jesus, I bless your holy name. Jesus, I praise your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My soul says yes, Lord. My soul says yes, Lord. Yes to your will, yes to your way. Worship you and I adore you, Lord. My soul, thirst and hunger and desire you, O oh great God. Ah, ye can't know the most.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I don't ever want to get accustomed to this. That I don't want to be here. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter how your day is going. When people of like precious faith, people who know the Lord, people who reverence the Lord, when we come together and we just begin to worship the Lord and we begin to just adore him and love him, something happens. We might not be able to quantify it or be able to put a measurement on it, but something happens in the atmosphere spiritually that we get to experience when we come together. I never want to take this for granted. I never want to take this for granted, Lord. There's a reason why you said fail not to assemble ourselves together. There is a reason, Lord. And while we normally just look at the the, the surface meaning, Lord, we know there's even deeper things to what transpires when we get together. Hallelujah. You ever notice if you are a professional, uh, whether you are a doctor or you are a nurse, you are a pilot, uh, but just something that you do as a profession and you have been fully trained and skilled in that position. Whenever there's emergency, you don't panic. All you do is refer back to all your training. All you refer back to is begin to reach for the knowledge that you already have. And right before I walk up today, as I begin to talk to the Lord, I said, no matter how much I prepare, I know God got, give me guidance to prepare. And, you know, you put together a whole lot of thoughts that God has given you as you're preparing and reading the word of God. But every time, right before I step up, I always talk to him and says, is there anything specific? Is there anything that I missed? What do you want me to say? Always say that. And the thing that he impressed in my heart just now strongly is how much that we cause ourselves so many problems and headaches because what he's given us, we don't take it. We don't put it in our heart. We don't utilize it. We don't practice it. Because oftentimes, the things that we are faced with, the challenges that we have, we have the answer already. But because we never paid attention or didn't do what we needed to do, we oftentimes make bad decisions. And the, the decisions, they spur from emotions. They spur from uh, just overlooking what God had given you, whether it's the service before or, you know, you know service a couple years ago. But, but God gives us what we need. And if we take it for granted and don't use it immediately, what they say, if you don't use it, you what? You lose it. And so God give us what we need. And because we don't use it immediately, it doesn't become a part of our quote unquote repertoire. 
So when challenges start, we're searching for answers. Challenges come, we're looking for what we can do. And, and for some of us, we make rash decisions or we make bad decisions or we let our emotions carry us through and it becomes a great mess. As opposed to practicing what God gives you. And when those challenges come and when those difficult times come and when things start to happen that you're not, you're not sure what's going on, you would just... Hold on to the instructions, the teaching, the, the, what God has given you. You just, I know what to do. I know what to do. And you just go ahead and do it. And if you will be honest with yourself, you will know there's been so many times that you're trying to talk yourself through. You know, somebody hurt your feelings. You get some kind of challenge. Uh, something didn't go right. You know, you know something could be wrong. And, and, and you got to talk it over. Why you got to talk it over? What happened to this? What happened to what we've read? What happened to what we've been taught and ministered to? What happened to that? Because I was telling Brother Spriggs the other day, and you've heard me said this many times. I'm biased to the kingdom of God. That's what I'm biased to. And I pray to God all of us would be biased to the kingdom of God, which means we will never have our own agenda. So the decisions that we make for all that we face, we say, how does this benefit the kingdom? How did this move the kingdom forward? How did this make God pleased? And that's as simple as it is to make decisions that we need to make. But whenever emotion and, 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 and our desires or lack of planning is 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 having is getting the best of us we, we get jammed up we jam ourselves up and so i hope the next few weeks i've started i started last week the next few weeks as i talk about growth how it matters that we will continue to Take heed to the word and, and let it help us because growth matters. If not, you're going to keep spinning your wheels. You're going to make decisions that weren't beneficial to God, to the kingdom, and for yourself. And then it sets you back so many just paces back. And you got to play catch up again. And we're just like a seesaw, a roller coaster, a wave toss in, in the sea. Just all these things. We're just mm, seesaw up and down because the word of God that we receive every week, we don't hold on to it and start practicing it. Start practicing it. We're not making the kingdom our priority. As much as I've been saying that we're making our life priority. The Bible says, give no thought for your life. The Bible says, if you will give your life for the gospel's sake, you will save your life. But if you try to save your life, you will lose your life. That's the Bible. I don't know why we just don't let that roll and sink in. We keep on trying to make our life work for us. But if it keeps working for you, it's not working for the kingdom. It's not working for God. So at some point, we got to figure out when are we going to let go of what we want and say, God, I trust you. I, I was just teaching um, Bible study today in my office and... <laughs> I was telling um, Brother Tim, we were on the story of Moses, and I'm telling Brother Tim, I said, Brother Tim, I'm showing him the whole process of Moses. Israel needed to be delivered. Israel 
was in bondage and God had the plan in place. The plan was God was going to use a man, one man, and have the people follow and come beside him and get delivered from Israel. But to see how the man came on the scene, kill all the newborn children from Israel. Okay, he didn't get killed. He was preserved. Then he killed a man. They was chasing him. He ran away. All the stuff that went away went on for Moses to take his place. And Brother Tim stopped me and said, this is, this is crazy. You know, so if you don't know the Bible and somebody's teaching it to you and you're catching all this stuff, you're like, man, this is crazy. And I said, Brother Tim, nobody wants to hear it, but I tell it to them all the time. If you will find your purpose for why God created you, death got to wait for you. All of what you're running from, you don't have to fear it because guess what? It can't stop you. You cannot be stopped when you're walking in your purpose God created you for. They couldn't stop Moses. They wanted to kill him. The, the president of the country says, let's get rid of him. President wanted to kill him. Couldn't kill him. So when we walk in our purpose, I don't care who it is, the devil, any person that don't like you, doesn't matter who don't like you when you're walking in your purpose. They're just going to be more miserable because they're going to do stuff to stop you. And when it don't work, they get more miserable. They hate you more. But we need to start walking our purpose and stop trying to move our agenda forward. Just let God's agenda be fulfilled through your life. Believe me, when you are, when you are fearful of that, it's, it could be fear. A lot of it is lack of faith, doubt. Because, and, and some of it is, which is faith, is you don't understand who God is. Do you really believe God who is love is just going to use us to fulfill his purpose and when he's done, he just throws us to the side? We don't get any benefit out of the deal. God just want to use us and put us aside. We get no benefit. Because that's how we're treating God. Like he just want to use us. And once his plan is fulfilled, later for you now, get out of here. You did what I wanted you to do. You, you did what I created you to do. That's how we're living. But if we will realize how much God loves us, he says, you are the apple of my eye. I love you with an everlasting love. I will always be here. I will never leave you, Norfolk. If we understand that, then understand this. Whatever you're doing for God, he will give you more than you can ever imagine as payback. The Bible says God owes no man. So whatever God is using you to do, you will get way more than what you thought you would get out of the deal. Whatever you think you should get out of the deal as you're serving God is going to be way more than that. Can we just trust God and make God our priority and seek first his kingdom and just let him have his way in our life? You will, you're going to be able to still do some of the, some of the things that you want to do. Don't, don't just treat God like he doesn't understand and I got to do what I got to do. You know, these statements we make, I got to do what I got to do. You know, y'all don't understand. I got this and I got that. Man, when you start hearing people say you don't understand... I just shake my head because I've learned and continue to learn 
that whatever you think is such a big deal in your life, somebody got something worse. So every time you want to tell somebody they don't understand, somebody is way worse off than you. So let's just leave that you don't understand stuff and just say, God, I just want to please you. I just want to walk in the purpose and reason for why you created me and the kingdom will be first. I'm not putting my agenda first. The kingdom will be first. The other, I, tomorrow start our youth um, winter conference and uh, I know they're planning, they're doing great things and I'm looking forward to being there. But it's tomorrow night at 7 it's Friday night at 7, and then Saturday morning at 10 till about 2, then Saturday evening, I think, at 6.30. And so I said to myself, I am probably going to go Friday night. That's a good time to go. I got other things that I want to do. I said, I got, I'm going to go Friday night, and I'll probably stay over Friday night and do Saturday morning. I got a call from the youth president. Now, I'm the superintendent. I get a call from the youth president, and the youth president says, hey, pastor, I was hoping you could be there Thursday because we would like for you to, you know, do this and do that at the thing. All I said was, no problem, brother, I'll be there. Now, I can tell the brother, you must be out of your mind. I'm the superintendent. I'll come when I get there. But I'm not just telling you the kingdom is first. That's how, I, that's how I'm trying to live my life, that the kingdom is first. And I'm not just going to be talking. I got to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. I got to walk the walk. We don't understand that what God has in mind for all of us, the plans that he has, is so far greater than anything you can imagine. And for us to just think, this is all I can do right now, we are so underestimating what God wants to do in our life and what God wants to do in your life to make your life wonderful and beautiful and great and take you places where you never thought you would be what he wants to do require more than what you're giving him so by not giving God what you need to give him of yourself you're also stifling what your blessings could be and what God wants to do to bless you you're also Eliminate yourself from that because in order for God to put you in a place, he needs to equip you. He can't put you in a place that is going to be great if you're not equipped to do great things. So he wants to equip us in places there. But if we put a stipulation on how much we will allow God to do in our life, then we will never get to where God has taken us. And, 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 and let me say this last thing. You know, sometimes you just like. Ah, you know, I just feel like something is off, something is not right, and we go on and on and we just keep saying just something is just not. A lot of times it's because we're not walking in God's purpose. That's what it is a lot of times. We're not fulfilling what God has called us to do. And so we're all over the place trying to figure out what it is. And then sometimes we start doing stuff to think that's what will satisfy what we feel that's missing. No, the only thing that's missing that you will feel it tremendously that you can't put a finger on is God's purpose in your life that you're not fulfilling that. And so everything else come after that and you're like, 
just lately, I just feel like lately what it is is God is trying to get you to get in line with him and we want to stay in the zone that we're in. Matthew chapter 25. <laughs> Matthew 25. I don't know, I think it's six to verse 14 or something like that. Okay, 14, I was right, see that? Yeah. Appreciate audio visual. Amen. Good to see everybody on a Thursday, on a Wednesday night. Woo. Yeah, I was doing good too for a while. My Lord. But it's good to see everybody. I see that you all are inspired. Yeah. So you know what you need to do? It'll make your life better. Sunday, whatever conversation you have, look around and see who you don't see or see who you see. And then when Sunday come, you tell somebody, you got to come on Wednesdays, man. We be getting some bars. And that's what we can take and put in our life that will help us. And that's what you do because when all of us are doing great, it makes life so much easier. Woo! When one person is doing great, it's not, it's not good. When a few is doing great, it's not good. And I got to tell you, pray for me because here is my struggle. I don't know if I've told all of you, but I've told some of you, I believe. Here's my struggle. Because I was inquisitive and I was, I don't know, I like to learn things and I want to grow in God and all that stuff. I did a whole lot of stuff that nobody asked me to do, nobody told me to do. And so I was always getting into something. Uh, I remember years ago, um, when we were trying to find church property before we ever went to Lambertville, even close to it, I used to go to conferences in Atlanta, and I would go visit all the mega churches, and I would walk around like, okay, let me see how they set this thing up. Okay, all right, that's what they got. Okay, all right, how many acres of land is this? Oh, they got something across the street on the campus, and I'm looking at all these things, and I, I don't even know why I'm doing it. I, I wasn't thinking about pastoring. Uh, you know, I know we wanted to get a bigger building, more property, but I, I just I was just doing that. And it's just been my thing over the years. And the more I got to learn things about God, the more I seek God. And it take me into a place where there's a lot that I have garnered over the years. And I thank God for that. My challenge is as a leader in different environment. I'm trying to get other people to move along, and because there's a disparity, there's a, there's a big gap, let me say it that way, there's a big gap sometimes in what I have experienced and what the people that I'm trying to lead have experienced. That's hard, because I'm trying to get people to catch up. Tough. But we can, as they like to say, we can double time it if you want. You just have to decide, all right, pastor, I got you. I'm going to do my best to start taking all of this in. I've been, and this is going to cut some of our, our, our leaders, but I'm only just as transparent as I can be. I've been talking about because of the times for many years. And it's the, the most spiritual conference I know of in our movement, the United Pentecostal Church International. It is powerful and spiritual and 
I've been going for a long time. Don't miss every year. You got to reserve your hotel room months in advance. You got you got to to go. You got to pay to go. It costs. um, There's a registration fee that's normally about eighty five dollars, and it's it's just powerful. And there's so much that you experience. I was telling someone today. I can't remember the last time I was in one of those services and there was not tongues and interpretation of tongues. The gifts of the Spirit operate all day, every day in those church services. And I'm telling people, you want to go, I don't even know what is going on. I, I can't remember the last time somebody said, I'm rolling. When you going? I'm going. But that's my point. That's my point. My point is, are we hungry enough to experience these things? And the, the conference is for ministers only. Because if they open it up to everybody, they can't fit. The auditorium only fits 3,000, and it's packed every year, 3,000. So it's only for ministers. So the bottom line is that's a, you're talking about an opportunity to experience growth in your life. Nothing like it. But again, it comes back to what do we want to do? Years ago, I would take vacation to go to conferences, not to go on the beach. Because I only get two weeks a year. Nowadays, you know, I got two months if I want. So I'm good now from corporate America. I can take a lot of time off. But back in the day, I only had two weeks. I just broke those two weeks up into conferences time. That's just me talking. I'm just trying to challenge you to let you know. There's great opportunity out there for us to grow and to stop spinning our wheels and to stop being stagnant and not just to come to a building to hear the word of God and and worship and then leave and nothing change in your life. That's all I'm trying to communicate to you, that there is better, way better than what we're experiencing, way better than what we are experiencing that God wants to offer us. So tell somebody Sunday, you need to come on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is more like a talk. Wednesdays is not like Sunday. If you come on Wednesday, trust me, you'll receive something that will help you. Luke, not Luke, Matthew, chapter 25. I am on lesson number two in our series, Growth Matters. Growth Matters. We're going to read a little bit, a few chapters here, so... Follow with me, and um, after we're, we're done reading, we will pray one more time and get into it. This lesson, two will not be too long, so we'll be out of here in no time. Matthew 25, verse number 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, his servants, his goods. You got it? And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same And made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one 
went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he, he that had received five talents came, brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou dividest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That should be a whole lot of stuff there that we're looking at saying, hmm. We should be just saying, hmm, about that one because it's telling us what we need to do. But we'll keep going. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art uh, an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid the talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Hmm. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from one, take thou take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, we thank you for your word. As we have read, I pray that we will receive the word of God into our heart and we will let it grow and take root and and grow and produce good fruit in our life. Father, I pray that each and every one of us tonight will make up in our mind to grow, to do something with the talents that you have given unto us, to allow what you have done for us to profit the kingdom of God. I pray that every word that we've read and every word that you allow me to speak will resonate and grow and produce good fruit in our lives and in the kingdom of God. Bless us tonight, Lord. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Growth matters. Growth matters. And we're on lesson two. Last week we started out the series with lesson one. And we are in lesson two tonight. And we will... Continue for a few weeks in talking about 
growth matters. Here's a question for you tonight. Do you have a plan for your spiritual growth? Do you have a plan for your spiritual growth? (laughs) Serving harder or working harder does not guarantee success. And hope is not a strategy. So if, if we don't have a plan for our spiritual growth, but as you're listening to me, you're saying, well, you know what? I just got to start doing something and do it hard. Or if you're doing something, you got to do it a little bit more intensely or you just hope. None of those will actually work. <laughs> if you want to grow, you need to get over fear and knowing that you will make mistakes. You can't be fearful and you can't worry about your mistakes. Fear and mistakes. Can I tell you this? I got an idea. I'm going to take my time, Brother Scott. I'm going to take my time. Make no mistake about this. For those of you that don't know me, before Christ. Make no mistake about it. I cared about every aspect of everything that I did. Everything mattered because I had to project or present myself a certain way. BC. So everything mattered. I remembered when I first started going to church, I saw we had testimony service. I looked around, I said, hmm, okay. And I felt God working in my life. You know what I decided? I'm going to write my testimony down, study it, and the next time we have testimony service, I'll get up and I'll say it because i got to look right. I don't want nothing to be out of place. Uh, 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 uh. Remember I told you it took me months after I was baptized in Jesus' name, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Months. And I'm telling you, I discovered why. Because I was full of myself. Full of myself. Everything. Got to have everything in order. When you see me, you got to, you, you got to, you got to, I want you to think what I want you to think. So I present everything to make you think the way I need you to think about me. So, yeah, the brother repented, got baptized in Jesus' name, but he was still carrying that same little ideology and his old ways of, I need you to see me in the light that I need you to see me. I would go to the altar and I would pray. I wouldn't receive the Holy Ghost because, you know what? I'm not going to cry. I got to make sure nobody see me looking any other way other than a strong dude. So, come to the altar, no crying. I got up, no Holy Ghost. And so it wasn't until, let me get the other one, because this was part of the whole experience. Back in the day, Brother Bradley talked about that on Christmas Eve. Back in the day when you didn't have the Holy Ghost, we kind of at some point had you tarrying. And so 
for our church, it would be, this is our tarry. Some places do it differently because some people would just go all night long in, in a house or something. But in our church, you'd be over in the corner and it'd be about five, six, seven, eight men in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, touch him. Fill him with your spirit. And you standing there, everybody praying for you. I did it for a few times coming to church. And while I'm doing it, I'm letting them down because I ain't getting the Holy Ghost. Everybody praying for me to get the Holy Ghost, and I'm not getting the Holy Ghost. But at the same time, when I'm there, I didn't want to receive the Holy Ghost so everybody can see me looking any kind of way. And so no Holy Ghost. And it wasn't until God started giving me dreams. I'm getting some experience. God started giving me dreams about the end time and the rapture. And so I was getting dreams that he came back and I was missing. I didn't catch the rapture. And that changed everything. I said, no way. I am not starting out this way and not make it. And so with that, now I started to go to the altar different. I didn't care what nobody thought. I wasn't going to be Mr. Cool Guy anymore. However it falls, let it fall. And guess what? Right after that, I remember receiving the Holy Ghost, praying, talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance, and I'm worshiping the Lord. Finally, months later, I received the Holy Ghost because I was no longer full of myself trying to make it, trying to project how I want my image to look and all of that stuff. And that's what happened to me. And I can see through Scripture that when we are just worried about what people think of us and even watching in people's life, we are allowing pride to get the best of us. And anytime we are living for God and worrying about what other people think, it's prideful. I don't want them. You might not say it out loud sometimes because you know how it sounds if you say it out loud. I don't want people to see me, you know, or think of me this way and all of that stuff. That's pride and until you just get rid of that and says whatever i do unto the lord i don't care what it looks like you hear me we have to get the mindset that whatever i'm going to do unto the lord i don't care what it looks like because i'm doing it unto the lord if i sing and i don't sound like the best who cares i'm singing unto the lord whatever i do i'm going to do it unto the lord and i'm not going to worry how it comes off i don't i don't care what it sounds like what it looks like because i'm doing it unto the lord when we make up in our mind that's how we're going to move forward in our life in christ things will begin to change when you don't care how people want to perceive you as long as you know you're doing it unto the lord That's what changes the game for all of us. But if we come to God and we repent of our sins, we get baptized in Jesus' name, and, and, and you know, thank God, hopefully you get the Holy Ghost without, you know, a whole lot of issues, and you receive the Holy Ghost, and, and, and you don't move forward, it, it could be that we're allowing pride to get in the way because we need it to look a certain way how we move forward. I wish the first time my pastor told me to get up in front of the people and speak, I was eloquent. But I wasn't. I was a mess. I just did and obeyed what I was told. 
and I can go, I can tell you about so many other things as to just how it all went for many years in church that it wasn't until that, you know, I remember, as I told you, when, when my pastor appointed me uh, leader of our outreach team, there was at least eight to ten people that, to me, to me, from what I saw because I came to the church and saw them, about eight to ten people to me that was more qualified, was in church longer than me, and knew the Bible better than me. I knew that. That was a fact. And guess what? In my mind, what am I going to be telling those people? They've been in church longer than me. They know the Bible better than me. And I'm supposed to stand in front of them and talk about, we're going to go into the community, and we're going to knock on doors, and we're going to pass out tracts, and we're going to tell people about Jesus. I said, every word I say, they're going to scrutinize it and probably don't pay me no mind. But what am I going to do? I was given an instruction, so I got to go do what I was told to do. And I'm sure there were some people at that time was like, yeah, he was trying to bring out the scripture and so and so. I don't think that was right. I think he, he wasn't right on that. Sure, there was some conversations about that. But I had made up in my mind that I didn't care what the aesthetics was. I was just going to live for God and do the best that I can. And whatever I couldn't do, God would help me to do. I'm telling you, I would like for us to... Think about those things and see how we're living for God if we're doing it and allowing pride to block us from our growth. Because if we're worrying about what people think, if we're worrying about how we sound, how we look, if we're worried about, uh, I'll give you one, if we're worried about, I, th this is something that's really interesting to me. Oh boy. All right. Let me keep going on it. If we're worried about, if, if I tell you, that if I come to you and says, I would like for you to try out to be in praise and worship, but there are certain requirements that needs to be fulfilled. You can't wear this. You can't wear this. You can't look like this. You can't, and I'm giving you all the rundown, and you decided, nah, that's not for me. What is that? Anybody want to raise their hand and tell me? I'll, take a, I'll, I'll let you give that. Before I go to the next thing, if I come to you and tell you that, I feel like the Lord wants you to be in the choir, but you need to look a certain way, dress a certain way, and act a certain way, and you decide, well, I'm not going to do that, so you might as well come out of the choir. Tell me what that is to you. Anybody want to give me something real quick? Sister Karen Cook. You don't want to grow. That's awesome. Somebody else? Okay. All right. Brother Haas, that's what it is? Is that it? Oh. So, so, so I'm just asking the question because sometimes we, you know, we, what kind of church is that? So Tim caught on to this this evening. You know what Jimmy Tony did? I'm all over the place today. It's okay. You know what Jimmy Tony did? For about 12 weeks, he got a couple that he knew was in the church that was dating, that wasn't married. And he knew that. He knew they didn't have any Christian background. They hadn't been through no Bible study. And he taught them a Bible study in front of the church for 12 weeks. That was his Wednesday night Bible study. So while he's teaching them the word of God, everybody else is watching how it's being done. And obviously what he's saying is the word of God. So everybody's profiting from the word of God. I thought that was just genius. But that's Tony. That's how he thinks. So nobody like Jimmy Tony. But that's what he did. It was incredible. 
So I'm teaching Tim Bible study tonight, and we're on the part where Moses ran away because they wanted to kill him because he killed the guy. And so Moses went to Midian. And right before, uh, he, he, he met Jethro's daughters. They had, Jethro had seven daughters. He met them. And he helped them because the guys normally bully the, um, the wells. And Moses was there helping them that day. And they went home kind of quick because they got the water and everything. And, you know, all the animals were fed. And dad was like, how did you get home so quick today? You normally take this much time, but you got home quick. You know what their response was? This Egyptian helped us. Some of you probably don't catch it. Moses is a Jew, Israelite, Hebrew. But they said some Egyptian man helped us. Why do you think they said that? And we just want to fight, fight, fight about how we should be. They said some Egyptian man helped us. And Moses is a Hebrew. But while Moses was in Egypt... Again, he was in Pharaoh's house. He had to look like them. He had to dress like them. He had to carry himself like them because that's who he was, according to them. So when he ran away from from Egypt because they wanted to kill him because they found out he was a Hebrew that was brought up in Pharaoh's house, but he wasn't a real Egyptian. He was Hebrew. So when they found out that he killed somebody, and he, he had to go on a run because not only are you Hebrew, but you killed one of our people. So he had to go on a run. And so when he sh- showed up in Midian and Jethro daughter them saw him, all they know is there's some Egyptian dude. He wasn't no Egyptian, but he was looking like Egyptian. And I said, Brother Tim, here is something that you need to learn. God wants people to look like he wants them to so people can identify that those are God's people. If you look like everybody else in the world, they won't. And we love, when we don't do right, we love to make the excuse to say, well, it's what's in my heart. You won't always have the opportunity to speak. And probably sometimes what will make people come to you is the way you look. So as long as you look like them, they may never come to you because you look like me. What are you going to tell me? You're just like me. But if I look and I said, no, that person looked different than me. Let me go find out about why they look so different, but I'm going to do it in a sneaky way. Hey, how are you? And you talk, try to feel them out to see why they look different from you. But we're fighting it, we're fighting it, we're fighting it, we're fighting it. I talk about it all the time and everybody's worrying about, man, I'm not trying to be at no church that's telling me how to dress. I'm not telling you how to dress. I'm telling you, you belong to God, and God wants his people to look separate and different from everybody else. I hope Tim not listening. I don't think so. Because I don't want to, because this is what I need to tell him next week in Bible study. You know the reason why Israel was in Egypt for that long period of time? Two reasons. God had said that they would be. And God said that they would be in Egypt for 400 years, a little more than that, because, Mo, because Joseph got there ahead of time when they sold him into slavery. But the bottom line is God said that they would be in Egypt for a long time, right? But 
Why did God leave them there that long? And the bottom line is, Egypt was an idol-worshiping country. They did not know who God is. They only worshiped idols because it was all about their money. Here's something that some people didn't know. I don't know why I'm going back and forth, but hey, let God have his way. Uh, You know, we like to go to Egypt and look at the pyramids. Jews built those pyramids. Y'all quiet. The Egyptian gave them the plan and told them, go do it. But they did it because they was under the bondage of, of the Egyptian. So listen to this. Let me mess everybody's stuff up. I, I might as well go ahead. So African-Americans like to talk about slavery. The first slave masters who were organized were African-Americans. I hate when we use crutch. That's why I'm saying it that way. Because we, we, we use things for crutches to explain our stuff when we're totally wrong. Black people started organized slavery first. Egypt, Egypt is in Africa. And the Egyptian, go read your Bible. The Egyptian says, man, these Jews that are here, they're still having children. they grow growing. They're doing great. You know what? They might overthrow us and take over our land. So you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to set taskmasters over them, and we're going to make them serve us. And they put them in slavery. Build our pyramids. Build our cities. Build our roads. Do what we need you to do because we're running the show over here. And then you move forward years and years later. And blacks go in slavery, and oh my goodness, the whole world is about to fall apart. I don't mean to be political. I don't mean to be anything other than just tell you what the Bible says. Because that's all I'm trying to do is teach Bible. Just so we don't use certain things as crutches. You know, some people don't move forward because they're holding on to stuff that's not even their issue. The Bible says, who the Son has made free is free indeed. When we become born again in Christ, what does anything else matter? I understand people that's not born again because they don't see it that way. But when you're born again, it does nothing matters other than I'm going to serve him, live for him, and be who he wants me to be. All right, I'll move on from that. Didn't mean to do all of that. These three servants are given five, two, and one talent respectively. God does not love the five-talent servant more than he loved the one-talent servant. God is the one that gives us ability. God is the one that gives us what we have it's, it didn't come from us. We, even if we were born with it, so we think, it still came from God. And if God gave you the ability to do many things, God bless you, but God don't love you more than he loved the person that he gave, that he gave less ability to. No, we're not more special. Nobody is more special to God than the other person. I don't care what you do. God don't think I'm more special than you. This is why I fight against telling people I don't want to be looked at as nothing. Because I realize when God look at all of us, he sees us all the same as children of God. 
We may be doing different things in the kingdom, but we're all just children of God. And whatever he has given me as ability is not better than what he has given you. The question is not how many did we have in church Sunday. Because, you know, we like to count numbers. And we always worry about that numbers, uh, you know, tells how good things are going. No, the question is, are we leading people to grow, leading them to growth? That's what it's supposed to be. God's expectation is that we would give him a return for his investment in us. It doesn't matter if it's small or great. He just wants us to give him a return on his investment in us. So the question to all of us today is, the talent, the ability, what God has given you, can you say to yourself that you are giving God a return on what he has entrusted you with? Because coming to church is not giving God a return. So we got to ask ourselves, am I giving God a return on what he has entrusted me with? For, all, for, for many of us, you know, as I like to say, sometimes we take our talents that God has given us to our jobs and our jobs profit from it. But the talent was originally supposed to start in the church. This is why you can go out and you can see these great artists and musicians that they're singing beautifully. And you're like, man, we know about Whitney. And all of them started because the talent was given to them for the kingdom of God. And they could have sang gospel music and still made a ton. God gave us, he gives us ability first to profit in the kingdom of God. And so we must ask ourselves, with what God has entrusted me with, is he getting a return on it? And I don't care how small it is. I don't care how great it is. The question must be, is he getting a return? Just let you ponder that because only you know. I can only be myself. Everyone else is taken. I can only be myself because everyone else is taken. That means the talent that God has given you, the ability that God has given you, only you can make those things work. You can't use them to mimic nobody else. You have to do it through who you are. God gave us all different personalities to, for, the, for the, uh, the talent. You know, when he says, I'm not going to get too deep in it, but he says he gave them talents according to their several ability. And I can, I can dig deep into that and get in the weeds with it, but, but let's just keep it surface level just so we can understand it. I believe with the, with the personality that God gave you comes the talent and ability. So he's fair is what I'm telling you, that he didn't give you a personality to attract people and, 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 and then gave you an ability to work in audiovisual or to work in the kitchen ministry. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I'm trying to point out ministry that you kind of work by yourself. That's all I'm pointing out. So he didn't give you ministry that that you have this what we like to say uh, uh, this 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 personality that draws people. 
but you got to go to audiovisual, or you got to work in the kitchen, or you got to do maintenance. Because I can do maintenance, don't have to do it with nobody. Remember when Mama Allen used to come to the church, her and Sister Jeffries. <laughs> And, and nobody knew. If you didn't know, you didn't know. And they came, and they vacuumed, and they wiped down the pews, and they cleaned the bathrooms. Nobody knew who was doing it, but they were doing it. God gives us abilities and talents according to our personality. And the question is, is he getting a return on it right now as we speak? Dake's annotated reference Bible estimates a talent to be worth $29,000. It is easy to see that these servants of Matthew 25 were responsible for valuable assets on loans from their master. John Maxwell once said, people are the greatest appreciating asset in any organization of value. If you are involved in any organization that's valuable, people are your greatest appreciating, not depreciating, appreciating value. Do we value one another understanding that God values us and God has equipped us with abilities and talents so we can use for his glory? Who could put a price on one person in any of our congregations. <laughs> Some unfortunate preachers do. The price is your tithes. They say, ooh, what are they paying for tithes? Okay. Yeah. And, and that's the price. So sad. So sad when, uh, you know, I, I used to hear that, that conversation still made me comfortable. When, when, when people are worried about people because of what they give. Oof. Pray for them. As church leaders, it is incumbent upon us to assign high value to every human being that God places under our purview. Treat people or treat everyone you meet like they are a ten. One out of, you know, one through ten. They are a ten. People will figure out quickly what value we have placed on them by how we speak to them, how we treat them, and the body language we use to communicate with them. You don't even know. But people watches how you communicate with them and what body language you have when you talk to them, and they kind of figure out what you think of them from that standpoint. Do we speak to people condescendingly? Do we constantly look over their shoulders for someone more important to walk by? You're talking to Brother Calvin and you're looking. Oh, Sister Kitty. Hey, one second there, Brother Calvin. Looking for who you think is more important to go talk to. When you don't realize everybody is a 10. Nobody's no 1 or 5 or 8 or 9. Treat everybody like they're a 10. So everybody you're talking to, you will engage in the conversation. And you won't have to worry about going to talk to somebody else. Because I think you're just as important as the next person. 
We must not see people for what we can get out of them, but rather what value we can add to them. We don't need to see people for what they can give us. We need to see people for what we can add to them, the value we can add to them. The five and the two talented church servants understood or understand the value of what their master has placed in their hands. They invest in people, add value to them, nurture them to health and spiritual maturity and provide opportunities for them to grow and serve. Remember, I've been telling you, all of us as Christians are supposed to have two kind of groups of people in our lives. All of us, two kinds of groups of people. What do you mean by that, preacher? We're supposed to have people in our lives that is helping us to grow and people that we're helping to grow. All of us. Some of us, we only want people in our lives that we helping to grow so we can say, look at me. See what I'm doing? I'm helping them. Okay, who's helping you? Who do you humble yourself before to say, I need your help? So we should always have people that's helping us to get where we got to get to, teaching us and, and, and helping us to grow. And then we're bringing some people along saying, hey, I've been where you've been. Come on, I'll show you how to get past it. I'll show you that, how to get through it. That's how all of our lives must be. And if we only have the ones that we're reaching for and we don't care about the ones down here, that's not good either. Ultimately, they gave their master a multiplied and fruitful return for his investment. One talented church servants can view their master through a negative lens because we always do that. We let the devil do that to us just like he did to Eve in a different perspective. But, but, but because you have one and you see some other people with five and some other people with two, you are disgruntled. And you're not stopping to look at, I've got something. You're not stopping to think, if God gave it to me, I don't care what anybody else have. But we look around and we want what everybody else have and neglect what God has given us. We don't realize God has given us a one talent, but guess what? It can do great things. I think, just my words, I think Moses' brother probably was a two-talent or a five-talent guy. And Moses was a one talent. <laughs> we need to stop trying to figure God out. Just obey God. Because trying to line up your one talent with somebody that's five talent, you will just frustrate yourself. Because you have no clue what God can do with your one talent and what God will do with a five talent person and a two talent person. God just wants you to do something with it. When you're living for God, God determines results. You hear me? God determines results. Not us. All we do is obey God and do what we're supposed to do. Leave the results up to God. And you want him to bring the results. You don't need to, re to, to, to bring about the results. Unfortunately, we have people that's trying to conjure up their own results. I don't want to bring, because my re results will never be better than God, God's results. Never. So leave the results to the Lord. Let him bring about the results of anything that you do. 
And whatever that result is, live with it. Mm -hmm. Choosing to grow is important. But that decision is not enough to create change on its own. We need to acknowledge that growth is a gradual process and make the process part of our daily practice. That means we need to establish the habit of growing on a consistent basis. You ever notice if you have raised children that a lot of times, obviously, you know your child is growing, but because you're with them every day, sometimes it doesn't even look like they're getting any taller. Some people got smart and started marking their height ever so often after a couple of months on the door. Right? That's what some people did. Like, let me mark where he or she is on the door, how high, tall they are. And then after a couple of months, you come back and say, get here. Come over here and have them go again. Ooh. And that's how you keep up. But if you never do that and you just watch your child grow, it seems like they're barely moving. But people that don't know your child, that don't see your child every day, they say, oh, you're getting so big. And you're like, I guess. Because you see them every day. So growth is get gradual, and oftentimes we don't really see it because we're up close. And so we just need to be consistent, and sooner or later we will see the results of our growth. I finish with this. The law of the rubber band in the 15 invaluable laws of growth says that growth stops when you lose the tension between where you are and where you should be. I will. The law of the rubber band in the 15 invaluable laws of growth is a book that's called the 15 invaluable laws of growth. That law says that growth stops when you lose the tension between where you are and where you should be. Wherever you are, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. If you are uncomfortable, it means you're being stretched. That helped a whole lot, huh? Okay. <laughs> so if, if we're comfortable with Wednesday evening, Sunday morning, you're not growing. You got to do something with Wednesday evening and Sunday mornings. So whatever you're getting out of Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings, when you apply it, it will stretch you. And you will no longer be comfortable. Hmm. Stretching is important in growth. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know if you ever did this. I know in third world country we do this. You get a shoes that's too small. Man. And we do whatever it takes to try to stretch that shoes. And you know leather can stretch, but some of the shoes we were trying to stretch, they wasn't leather. There was not leather, and we're doing our best. If I can just get it to stretch just a half inch, it'll feel a lot more comfortable. I know for me, 
It didn't stretch, but I still wore them. But I'm wearing it anyhow. You don't want to see my toes, what they look like today. (laughs) There is no practical use for a rubber band unless it has been stretched. Think about that. No practical, if a rubber band cannot be stretched, we don't need it anymore. No bueno, no good. Let's go, throw it out. Well, put yourself in that spot and says, I'm like a rubber band. And if I'm not stretching, I'm no use to anybody. So if we're comfortable, we're no use to God. If we feel uncomfortable, then we're being used by God. Let's stretch ourselves in 2024 to grow according to our potential in Christ. The next coming weeks, I'm going to tell you how we can grow. The first two weeks, last week and today, is just to tell you about the importance of growth. Now I'm going to give you practical things on how we can grow. Let's stand. Good time. Let's pray and ask the Lord to not let what we have just heard escape us. Or we just dismiss it or neglect it. Let's ask God to help us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your word has gone forth, O oh God. And Lord, while we're here pondering what we've heard, we don't want what we've heard to escape us. We don't want what we have heard, Lord God, to not resonate, to not take root. We want it to grow, Lord. Lord, forgive us. Some of us may need to repent because we've heard that we have neglected to do what God wants us to do. We have not taken what he has given us and add value to it. Father, forgive us. For we have sinned. We have harbored and taken your talents that you've given unto us. And we've hoarded it and have done nothing with it. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Almighty God, for not doing what we're supposed to do. And God, I ask that you would touch us in such a special way that fear and pride will not get the best of us. That we will truly just humble ourselves and surrender to say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. That we will say, Lord, no matter what, I will do what you want me to do. It doesn't matter what the situation is, Lord. If you say I must do it, I will do it, Lord God. I will not allow anything to hinder me from what you says I am, Lord God. It is what's best for me. It is what's good for me. And Lord, I want you to work in our heart, work in our mind, that truly we will grow in this year, 2024. We want to grow, Lord God. We want to be who you 
called us to be, the potential that you've placed in us. We want to fulfill our potential, Lord God. We want to grow to that potential, Lord God. For, Lord, I believe souls are coming. I believe, Lord God, the lost world is looking for the truth. The lost world want to be saved. The lost world want to become a part of the church, Lord. And if we don't be who you call us to be, you are going to have to send them someplace else. And God, I don't want you to send people someplace else because I neglected to do what you called me to do. Because I dismissed what you have commanded me to do. Because I overlooked, Almighty God, what you want from me. And because, Lord God, I have hoarded your abilities and not used them to give you glory. You are sending this lost world someplace else, Lord God. Lord, I want to fulfill my purpose. We want to fulfill our purpose, Lord God, for there is so much good, there's so much greatness, there's so much of your glory to be seen when we're walking in our purpose, when we're doing what you want us to do, there's so much to be seen and so much, Lord God, oh, that can be done when we're being who you call us to be. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Somebody need to give God permission to, to, to convict them when they don't do what we've heard here tonight. Lord, convict me. If I'm not growing, convict me. If I'm not doing what is required so I can grow, convict me, Lord. Convict my heart. Convict my mind. And challenge me, Lord, to grow and not be complacent, Lord God. Ah. Ah, have your way, Lord Jesus, in this church. Help us to grow together. Help us to grow together, Lord God, that the, that the will of God may be done and that, Lord, we may fulfill our purpose. Lord, we want to do what you want us to do, that when that day come, Lord God, you can say to every one of us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being Oh, God, merciful for being kind, for being patient. Thank you for extending your grace to us. Oh, God, we give you the praise and the honor. And for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Brother Henry is in the back. Give to the building fund. Have a great rest of your night.